Hello to today's podcast from Mark and Mark on pharmaceutical contamination monitoring. Today we look at data generated by environmental monitoring systems and how to best look at that data. I am Mark with 25 years of experience in aseptic filling finish equipment and I'm together with... Hello, my name is Mark Horworth with 25 years of delivering solutions for contamination monitoring. Great to have you back, Mark. Thanks very much, Mark. You know, we love doing these. <laughs> the last one we ended up talking about the environmental monitoring system and how it creates data. And you started to give a little outlook on uh, how this is done. We have different data generated. We have mobile units, we have fixed monitors, we have mobile microbial data, we have manual collected microbial data. All this needs to go somewhere. Someone has to have an overview over it and someone has to understand what they see with the data. Um, what? Where do you want to start? Um, should we talk about the remote data which we collected with the system? We talked about it last time. Yeah, so there's there's the introduction itself is fairly comprehensive there, Mark, because there's there's a lot of data with the environmental monitoring and with Annex One now bringing out this contamination control scheme, you know, the, a paradigm where you have to look at all of the bits of data to see how they interact and not just individual units of data. And, and we've done presentations on this where we talk about Lego of data and how they build together to give you an image of uh, of a finished model. And that finished model will either describe control or not. So there's two elements. There's the system based, and that's where a lot of what we've been talking about so far. So I'll start with that. And that's the individual sensors and sample points within the isolator environment or the filling environment. So all of those dedicated sensors, whether it be a central vacuum or a distributed vacuum, all of them talk to a central host monitoring software. And so we like to go down the route of calling them monitoring because there's no control aspect. If, if a particle counter receives a, a piece of information, a piece of data into it, there's no ladder logic that automatically creates a sequence where a valve is opened or, or something else occurs. It is singularly a policing system where we are collecting data for reporting to demonstrate that control has been maintained. And that data comes through as a continuous stream of data. So the particle counters are timed such that we take a minute's worth of sample that sample is collated. All of the particles within that minute are then issued as a single sample point, a single piece of data. So if you were monitoring for a minute, that's 28.3 liters, you know, one cubic foot, and there were 3,000 particles per cubic meter in that data. So already we've got a little bit of transposition going on because we're collecting data in real time as a cubic foot per minute, and then we're going to present the data as cubic meter. And that's mostly because all of the all of the regulations are written in cubic meter, so it's nice to see data that way. So you simply extrapolate whatever that minute is by 
to see that data. This is a good point because I was just asked uh, last week by a customer if they had to report the data in cubic feet and in cubic meters, but at the end, it's just a calculation, right? Yeah, historically, we used to have systems that would do both because the FDA wanted to see data in per cubic foot because their limits were 100 particles per cubic foot in the grade in the critical zones. So we had systems that would report data as cubic feet and as per cubic meter if they were exporting product to Europe, for instance, or to Canada here in the US where, you know, Canada followed PICs and they needed to see data per in a metric format. So it, regardless of that, there's still the same number of particles within the same volume of air. And how you then, you know, break that up or, or how you then report that is it could be you know, elephants per cubic cloud. It, 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 it's, it's singularly, you know, a reflection of the contamination level at that moment in time, which sort of moves on. Once that data is coming in per minute, it's amassed in a central software in a per minute value. And there's various bufferings that take place. So the instrument itself will buffer data. It then offloads. So if it becomes disconnected from the central system, it'll start to buffer. On reconnection to the central system, it'll flush that data to the central system. The central system, the processor units, will buffer data. And how much data you want it to buffer is all configurable, and, and that can be, you know, kind of worked out as part of the project. So that buffered data is then handed off to the SCADA software. And that software control and data acquisition. It's a fairly common uh, platform for data. But the buffering is not something normal. Um, not every system can buffer and rewrite the data in uh, the right time slot and so on. And a lot of uh, companies struggle in doing that in the 21 CFR 11 yeah. environment today. Beyond that as well, Mark, data integrity requires that, you know, that data be timely. And, it, and it's attributable and, and it happened at that event in that location. And so all of those elements of each and every data packet that's exchanged has to have the date and time at which the sample was taken. And that's not system time because system time is when I flush that data over, it would all be tagged with the date time in the software that it arrives, not necessarily when it was taken. So yeah, very special to uh, to a lot of our instruments is the ability to mark and tag all data with the date and time that it was recorded, not singularly when it was reported. So, you know, we don't use system time big T, we use, you know, sample time little t. And uh, one thing you said is the processor in between, which adds an extra layer of um, industrial layer, I want to say. Um, we used to have a system which was PC based and we wrote the data on the PC. I think uh, some people had the problem when they did major jobs on the PC that uh, the PC was maybe not strong enough to do everything and then maybe the monitoring went off. Is that right? Yeah, it, it, it as everything, you know, we try to evolve to keep up with the requirements for IT. And um, back in the days when 
central software on a PC was absolutely fine. But now it's become, you know, virtual machines and virtual environments that run the software servers within uh, multi-server environments that exchange data in real time between them, you know, using OPC or other TCP IP type interfaces. There's a, there's a lot of data exchange and there's a lot of heavy lifting that's done on the back end of data. So at the front end, what we're trying to do is to build these, you know, security layers in, if you will. And that's not data security, it's system integrity security. If you lose connectivity because somebody in an IT booth a thousand miles away turns off that gateway and you lose that connection, it will continue to store data. The alarms will continue to activate because that's how the system is all defined and described. Once that software, once the data gets to the front reporting software, that's typically the GUI, you know, the user interface where they can see the software, they can see the data, which ones they want to activate, which ones they want to deactivate, you know, that user interface. That's also the point at which that data gets reported. And okay. reporting of the data is critical nowadays you know it's even more so and and one of the big things with monitoring that's different from certification and again i go back to annex one one of the elements that they've tried to you know differentiate is cleanroom certification which is discrete measurements at discrete moments in time that have to be absolute because it's essentially the calibration of your clean area versus monitoring now monitoring is trends and you should look at data in three formats short-term trending i.e you know is this a nuisance is it uh you know is it a spike that's okay is it a spike that's not okay so an n of m function real-time trending of data then you have medium trending which is batch to batch week to week uh episode to episode uh where you can reflect is this one look as good as the other one uh, and then there's the long-term trending, the three, six, nine, 12 month trending of data to see whether or not my process is gradually drifting out of control. And all three elements of those need to be able to be uh, harnessed when you're looking at data in central monitoring systems. So um, I think we have it pretty much under control for the particles. Uh, and there's many other systems out there which can do the particles. But now we're creating also data from the agar plates, which is, first of all, the agar plate data, which is not that easy. We'll get to that later. But we also have data of when was this agar plate where and how was it be handled? Was it a settled plate or was it an active air handling? Um, these things can be written in a facility monitoring system as well, right? They do, yeah. And with most most agar plates, when they're put into the system, whether they be our own single use or a standard plate from a supplier that's used in one of our atriums, um, they're all barcoded. And so by using a simple barcode mechanism, we can write that data and tag which plate was where, how long it was run for the the 
any alarms that occurred as a result of sampling or sampling errors? So was there sufficient flow? Did you meet the minimum requirements for effective impaction? Was it a good sample? All of that also, all of that metadata that supports the finished CFU value goes into secure Alcoa-based monitoring systems. So, as you said, there's a problem itself with the agar plate data because that in itself is, a again, a discrete number as opposed to part of a trended number from a particle counter. And when we look at short term, so it goes off to other software, you know, it goes to incubation. Then once it's had its incubation, it's read. And from there, you'll get the CFU value. And that's then entered into another software. And that's where the portable systems come about. So we're walking around with discrete instruments, taking samples at one location, then a second location. And we bring it all back and we download that into a central data repository. Now what we're looking to do is to try and integrate the data from our uh, walk around instruments into our monitoring. And is there credi credible um, links between the data that we get from one system versus the other? And the only way you can do that is to bring them together. So we have a software product, our data downloading software data analyst that pulls in the data that's taken from each location. And again, location, time, date, the operator that did it, any alarm levels. So that whole Alcoa element is built into our data analyst software because all of that data is in the instrument itself. So that all comes across as single data packets and it's presented on screen. No more thermal paper, no more taking flash keys in and out of clean rooms. This can all be done remote and electronically. Then there's the plates themselves. How do we look at plate data? And that's where things like batch management software really comes into its own that can pull in the data from all of these different areas. So things like, um, you know, the software that we have for uh, the pharmaceutical, you know, data management software that we have available to us that takes the incubated data, it takes the sample point data, it takes the microbial sampler data, it takes portable particle data, and it puts them all into this monitoring package for our portable elements. And that demonstrates that pharmaceutical integrity of all of the data. So once we've got that piece of software, then we're able to start to look at the CFU from the data that is able to uh, give us our long-term trending and our medium-term trending for the microbial. So a lot of the trending for particles will come out of our centralized FMS system, and a lot of the trending for microbial will come out of our Pharma integrity application where we're looking at the portable microbial monitoring data. Uh, and they will both be reviewed and looked at by QA or QC to determine whether or not that's sufficient evidence that your clean room's been in control.
Well, if you have the farmer integrity connection, then you can also have the particle data right reported into the same software that would give you one person, one central database to look at and to trend and everything. Um, you mentioned earlier the data analyst, which takes the mobile units. Also, mm -hmm. that is in the farmer integrity included and can be clearly segregated, segregated. Um, because those uh, mobile units typically measure something else. They're not always used for room monitoring. They're also used for room classification, for example. And then the data has to be separate because it's a different task. It, it is, yeah. As well as, um, you know, there's other elements. The compressed gas testing, that data goes into it. Um, you know, there's a multiple different applications beyond, you know, just production environment monitoring that, requires environmental monitoring. I know last time we mentioned, what about the sterility test isolator? What do we do with that data? Well, it all comes back in. It's all environmental contamination control. And that's part of the CCS that needs to be defined. And that's where the you pick the right tool to give you the right, or the right tool being the right software, to give you the right visibility of all of this data and convert it into information, valuable information that supports production release. Okay, so it, this seems like we need a whole another episode on microbial data compared to particle data and mobile units all in one software and how to look at. I can't imagine how people do this today on paper with different softwares, different databases. Uh, it seems to be impossible, but I guess this is the today's state of the it, art i suspect it was the interrelationship was probably not wholly um reviewed unless there'd been an out of tolerance event and then it was kind of looked at as an isolated event now the expectation with annex what is that this becomes part of your everyday expected performance great this uh, sums it up for today, I think. Mark, thank you very much. Always a pleasure, Mark. As always, you can write us an email at info at pmeasuring.com. Visit our knowledge base on pmeasuring.com in the internet. And also you can, of course, reach out to all your local salespeople. Mark, I'm looking forward to next time. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye.